Welcome to TrackCast, the official podcast of the Real Estate Council from deep in the heart of Dallas, Texas. I'm Bill San Antonio. Thank you for joining us. We've got quite the treat for you today, as I'll be joined by Pastor Chris Simmons and Donald Wesson of Cornerstone Baptist Church, which has been a tremendous partner for our community investment initiatives in the Forest District community, including the Dallas Catalyst Project and Dallas Collaborative for Equitable Development. Cornerstone was instrumental to the success of the MLK Food Park earlier this year, as well as the 2020 ALC class project to construct South Point Community Market, which is located in the same shopping center as the Cornerstone Community Laundromat and a forthcoming commissary kitchen whose development will be taken on by the 2021 ALC class. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app to get all new episodes each week and follow us on social media so you never miss an update from around track. We've put links to all of our podcast pages and social handles in the show notes, so go check those out after you finish listening to this episode. Now, here's Pastor Chris Simmons and Donald Wesson of Cornerstone Baptist Church right here on TrackCast. Pastor Chris, Donald, good morning. It's so good to see you. It's always great to see you guys and catch up with you. Thank you so much for your time. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. It's good to be here. Excited to be here and excited to talk about this topic. It's a good day. Excellent. So we're now a few weeks removed from the grand opening of South Point Community Market. How has it been received in the community thus far? Are people excited about excited about it? How much has, has it resonated in the community? Well, we have seen great response from the community. Um, the grand opening was amazing, had a great turnout of uh, local politicians, uh, community members and community residents. We have been really encouraged by the uh, continued use of the space, um, not only as a place to purchase healthy food items, but uh, the design was really unique in that it provided a place for individuals to come in and sit and meet. And um, so we have been really encouraged uh, by the response so far. And to follow up with Pastor Chris said, it's just a well, it's a beautiful project that has provided communal meeting space. The food is a good access to healthy, affordable food and household goods is was the major reason for the project, which is that has been a success. But the intrinsic value, our immediate successes is just having community, uh, a place to meet, share ideas and communicate, but also a place that well, they can get household goods and stuff that normally would take a 15-minute bus ride, car ride, or some level of transportation in order to get these few items. So, well, and in, in addition to what Pastor Chris said, the aesthetics of it and a nice interior finishes for the project has created a, an environment of environmental stewardship to where the community is excited about it and it's something that they can call their own and protect. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, I wasn't able to attend the grand opening, but I've seen pictures and videos from people that were there and it, it just seemed awesome. I'm, I'm so glad that, that it's finally here and, and finally a part of the community. Uh, I know there were some issues with um, you know, the zoning change and um, there were some permitting things too, from what I remember. Um, how did it feel to finally be able to cut the ribbon on the market and officially open it up to the community? 
was a great feeling and um, a dream come true. And one of the things that it was a testimony, a testament to was the amazing work of Trek's team uh, who were able to come together to navigate all of those obstacles. As you mentioned, uh, from zoning issues to delays related to COVID, uh, to a lot of other smaller challenges that we had. And each challenge uh, was met by an enthusiastic group of young people through the Trek team who was able to address those issues. And so we're very appreciative to the caliber of volunteers and workers that Trek bring to the table to assist nonprofits like Cornerstone and making realities come true in the neighborhood. And then further still, it's a... It's an example of how churches and other nonprofit groups can impact the community at a local level and stand in the gap to where, like you were describing and you mentioned the permitting process and the expenses and fundraising and architectural designs, that stuff that keeps, well, it, it, it deters small businesses and it deters projects like uh, the one that we've been able to create. So it's in addition to the help that the Real Estate Council and others have provided, it's church groups and nonprofits like Cornerstone that are able to stand in the gap and to create, well, to create these projects and stand behind them and have enough support and administration and gumption behind it to get these projects done. Had Cornerstone not stand in the gap, uh, had Cornerstone not stood in the gap to make this project happen in the many years and planning and meetings that went into it, uh, this is something that the community would not be able to do on its own as individuals. Yeah, I mean, we we certainly appreciate the the partnership with Cornerstone. Uh, it's been a great couple of years with the Dallas Catalyst Project and now the Dallas Collaborative for Equitable Development. Um, in, in preparing for this conversation, I rewatched the ALC class video that got made last year. And one of the class members said, and you kind of alluded to this too, Donald, that this project, this market was the number one project that Cornerstone brought to the ALC class for selection. I think there's several projects that they can choose from and decide to, to take on for the next year. Um, could you provide some, some background on why this market uh, you kind of alluded to this as well uh, a bit a bit earlier, but can you provide some some background, some context on why this market was so necessary for the community? I mean, there's multiple reasons. Uh, the three that come to mind are first and immediately access to healthy food. There's a poverty premium in our neighborhood either because of transportation or the distribution from the larger places and larger big box stores that, well, that relegates a more expensive product or access to get that product, transportation, it becomes challenging. And that was one of the first things that we tried to address, kind of heard from the community as far as needs or things that we could do to create a community. Um, we also live in a neighborhood with upwards of 25% unemployment rate to where bringing jobs back to South Dallas and keeping a dollar circulating in South Dallas is another thing. And the health outcomes of our neighborhood, especially COVID, shed a lot of light 
on it to where the health disparities between our communities. And one of those uh, pinch points is the input of what we put into our community and, and specifically in this case, the food and beverages that we put into our bodies and how that affects health outcomes from diabetes to hypertension and collecting all of those things. If we could create a project that created jobs in the community and that needed jobs, if we can create a project that provides food access to a historically um, food desert on our food is less accessible or there's a premium to that accessibility, and if we can improve through a project health outcomes, it just seemed like a no-brainer. So how much, how, um, what, what kinds of things, I know you're saying healthy food items, but like, would, would people be able to do, you know, the entirety of, or for the most part, the entirety of their food shopping um, at the market? As the way that it's set up now and we're growing into it, granted, we're a week and change in, it's more of the harder to find goods there, the less processed, the grown locally and fruits and vegetables that we can supplement to the existing food bill or the existing grocery store needs of the community. And as we grow and as we figure things out, it's adding more of those pieces that are readily available, but bringing them to more towards South Point and ours, well, our uh, geographical area to serve the people that are immediately surrounding the neighborhood and uh, South Point Mark. Sure. Okay. Um, in looking through uh, photos from the grand opening, I was particularly struck by the market's modern design. It almost resembles the kind of shop you'd see in the Deep Ellum area, you know, with the hanging lights and the, the, the tiles, the, the really um, fancy looking tiles. And there's, a, there's an Instagrammable like wall that's got the fresh lighting on it too. I thought that was all really cool. Um, where did that aesthetic come from? Where did that idea come from? And is that something that's important to you that these projects have that sort of flair associated with them as a, you know, an, almost like a, an additional entry point for folks to, to stop by and spend some time there? I'm gonna let Donald uh, answer that question because he worked directly with the design team with the real estate council. But I would say it's our commitment to the community to bring really nice things to the neighborhood that we just don't want uh, to insert something. We wanna really uh, make people feel when they enter the store that they are going into a place that they feel good about. So the aesthetics are uh, very important to us. And uh, I think it, the more you do that, the more the community feel good about it, it, itself. So to give an example, um, prior to opening the store, uh, it was boarded up, of course. Well, prior to that, it was a community nuisance. And it on that corner of South Boulevard and Irving Street was a lot of drug activity, a lot of prostitution. We uh, even had the police contact us because we had footage of a murder that took place uh, right across the street, um, oh, right on the corner as well. Um, and so, yeah, and so it was a very negative environment. But once we took the boards down and the fence down, uh, the area just basically cleaned itself up. We uh, haven't had as much loitering on the neighborhood. We haven't had as much 
activity on the community. The neighborhood has been very respective of the market. Even with the chalkboard outside, there has not been any um, vandalism on that chalkboard. Um, and so I think when you put nice things into the neighborhood, it really uplifts individuals' perspective of the community and where they live. And they respect it. I mean, I, 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 and so I think that's why the aesthetics has been so very welcoming to the neighborhood because it, it created a neighborhood community feel. And to add what Pastor Chris said, it's the goal was to create a community market. And as much as the church works towards these different projects and social services of the past, it's adding that same attitude and flavor well, to these projects and projects going in the future to where we value our community and we value our neighborhood. And it's much, it would be easy to slap up a CMU block government looking building with cheap food, um, less Instagrammable walls and no backsplashes, but adding that extra small touch and that extra expense as Pastor Chris is describing, it gives the neighborhood communal pride and, and lets them know that we and the others that are associated with this project um, appreciate them and value them at a high degree. It's not shoveling food at people or just serving cheap food in any kind of building. It's creating an environment that people can, well, people in the neighborhood can stand on and be proud of. And as a result, something that they would support now and in the future, but also uh, communally protect. And like Pastor Chris described, we've had no problems with theft or vandalism up until this point. And Ultimately, we think that's God's protection of the, the place and something that he wanted to see done. But in addition, this is something that the neighborhood doesn't want to see go away or hurt or destroy it. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw the, the initial pictures one of our members had sent us um, and they sent the, the, the backsplashes and, and the wall, the, the fresh wall. And I just thought, oh, that's, that's so cool. I was so glad that, that those components were included um, for, for the market. Um, so the, the market is, is not the only, um, not the only initiative that has tackled the food insecurity issue in the forest district this year. Um, about a month or so before the opening, Trek and Cornerstone were a part of the MLK Food Park Initiative, which brought residents and entertainers and local food vendors together for this really awesome event. It, it sort of felt like a cross between a farmer's market and a block party. Um, I guess to that extent, I'll, I'll ask the same question that I kind of opened our conversation with. What was the reception to the food park like from the community and the congregation? What kinds of things have you guys heard from, um, from the church members and, and your neighbors about the experience? Bill, the first thing I heard was just surprise um, to where the initial response as we were developing the project and setting it up and now more physical things are on site along Martin Luther King. The original question was, was this, is this or was this for us? 
to where we're in a community that is used to neglect and for communal-based projects to be more for founders, supporters, charitable gifts, and fundraising efforts. But to have a project that is meant for the community and is sponsored and run by community people, entertainment, food, household goods, lotions, et cetera, et cetera. It was, well, it, it, it's another one of those things of communal pride and giving the community what it wants at a value, well, that's aesthetically pleasing and valuable. And just how it takes off to where I, just the amount of, well, communal love at the top, but also communal support and sharing of intellectual property and ideas, um, even for a month and only a select few days during that month was powerful. Just the amount of support and people that showed support, showed up and supported the different vendors and the overall cause was mind blowing. Yeah, I would, I would sum up the uh, ML Park in one word, and that is wow. Um, I think it was a wow moment for the neighborhood. It was a very, very positive experience on several levels, many of which uh, Donald has alluded to. Um, one thing it did was, as he mentioned, it allowed the community really to stand up, to take ownership, to uh, bring their resources and gifts and skills and talents and product to, to market. Um, a lot of times individuals coming into these neighborhoods see the community as a deficit. And I think what the, what the MLK Park was really highlighted the neighborhood as assets and we have assets to give and to provide not only to one another, but it was really encouraging uh, over those weekends to see the number of individuals who came in from out of the community to really support those in the community. And it created all kinds of cross-cultural experiences as individuals came in and sat down. And I mean, not only just came and grabbed a sandwich and left, but really participated in the entertainment. Some individuals stayed hours on end. Uh, they allowed their children to participate and play on the toys. Um, they communicated with the vendors who are there. And so it, it, it created so many uh, cross-cultural experiences on so many levels. And it was just a wow experience. Well, that's, that's certainly great to hear. Um, the food park seemed like a really great way to fill several community needs at once. You know, it provided the vendors with the opportunity, like you said, to market their businesses and sell their products locally. It fed a lot of people. Um, and it drew a great deal of attention to this neighborhood and the challenges that it faces, particularly with, with food insecurity and, and community gathering space. But I'm curious that, about the planning of, of the food park. When the partners were planning out this, this project and reaching out to vendors, um, was this overall vision something that was easy to communicate to them and sell them on? Or was there, was there some like a food park? What? Like, I, I could... I could just picture the idea of something like this being a bit tougher to um, to pitch, uh, just in the sense that I remember Better Block saying that they'd done this in a couple of other cities. It hadn't really been something that was tested here before. Um, I had heard, you know, other places throughout the country that have done this, but was this something that was kind of easy to convey to the 
the many, many vendors and, and partners that participated? Was this something that was easy to get them on board with? Let me say, Bill, uh, I think, first of all, you made the mistake. I mean, the, not the mistake, the mention, you mentioned how uh, the food park brought a lot of attention to the neighborhood. And I think that's really critical because for once, South Dallas had something positive in the news. And we were really excited that with all the shootings that occur and the robberies that occur, that's always on the news and all the negative attention that the media uh, was really kind to uh, highlight something positive that was taking place in the community. Um, around selling it to the neighborhood, that was an easy thing because one of the things that uh, Trek has been really good about during this whole Catalyst Project and the Equitable Development Plan Project is really to engage the neighborhood, to go to the community and ask the community, how can we help you? And so this food park idea actually was a community initiative, something that they said they wanted to have. And we're very appreciative of the uh, Real Estate Council after hearing uh, what the community desired and uh, knowing the resources that Better Block were, was able to bring to the table, was able to create a marriage. Um, a marriage between a community that had need and the desire and Better Block who had the resources and uh, it came together and it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. And I think that as individuals come to work in these communities, that one of the things that must happen is you've got to engage the community. Uh, many times people come in and do things for the community that the community didn't require. Um, and so they don't get the support. I oftentimes encourage us not to answer questions that the community did not ask. And the community asked for the food park and um, they demonstrated by their participation that they really, really wanted it. What's next for, for this initiative? Is there a desire to do something like the food park again within the community? Um, will, will vendors be able to sell their products at the market? Um, what, where do we go from here? Both and. So um, as I mentioned, the community in the, uh, in the conversations with the Real Estate Council and our neighborhood meetings mentioned they wanted the food park. Trek knew of Better Block and how to make that happen, to make that a reality. And what the community really needed to see is that it was doable, that it was possible. And um, the element of what was necessary to make it happen. And so next weekend, um, I think the, whatever next weekend is, next Saturday, uh, will be the MLK Food Park number two. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, where the community oh, wow. have set, yeah, so they're doing it. So now that they have been taught uh, through this experience from a couple of months ago, they know now know how to pull off a food park. And so they're doing another food park on MLK. And so we're really excited about those vendors. Uh, and, and we only had limited amount of spaces, but they filled up quick, um, which says that there is a huge desire to have the ongoing uh, MLK food parks take place in the neighborhood. And again, the Real Estate Council, uh, by doing the food park, didn't just give a man a fish. They really taught the community how to fish. And so they do have the vendors coming back uh, next weekend to, no, this weekend. This weekend. Is it this weekend? To, um, this weekend, actually, huh, um, okay. to, do, to do a food park. Um, and then uh, at the MLK Food Park, we were able to engage in a lot of vendors. 
from the neighborhood and we have their contact information. And so we've continued those relationships. And um, looking forward, we've already carrying some of the vendors product in our market. And I'm looking to do that even more as we continue to see through these uh, uh, continued food parks, individuals who provide a good service at a reasonable price for the neighborhood. How can we get that um, resource into the, uh, into the market? I would also say that one of the things that the equitable plan does is it really addresses issues around small business development. And so we've been working with a lot of small business owners to really help them scale up their product and their business um, and the opportunities to do that um, it will be made available through the market and through these continual uh, food parks. And so, yeah, and so we're really excited about getting some of these food vendors who may have been doing things on a very small scale, but getting them connected to Dallas College, to the Live Fund. Um, to the mezzanine fund, to these resources, again, that the Real Estate Council have brought to the table to help these um, community members uh, get to a point where they have uh, livable wages and able to sustain themselves financially through their initiatives, through their small business initiatives. That's amazing. And bird's eye view or overall what Pastor Chris is describing even beyond the beauty of the MLK Food Park is community organizing mm -hmm. in the idea that, yes. well, to use your words, Bill, of uh, people were fed, people were employed or made money, security, uh, food vendors, entertainment, and people were able to, well, create a neighborhood social space without a big box chain store, without a whole lot of money, without building a new 50,000 square foot air conditioned retail space, without any of these things. And it just shows the, well, the beauty of, well, Cornerstone and Trek and its many partners uh, coming together and standing in the gap and providing the tools, resources, people and information to the community and letting them take it over from there, which is something that is sustainable. If the mm -hmm. neighborhood is behind it and the community is behind it, there's no worries. Yeah. And I would also say that, uh, as Donald mentioned, we could not have done this, and I don't think the community would have gotten to this place if the Real Estate Council would not have brought their partners and resources to bear to show us how it could be done. And so now having the basics of knowing what needs to be done to make it happen, it happen. Uh, again, we're able to do the second one with plans already and works for the third. That's great. Yeah, we, we certainly appreciate the kind words. Um, I had a blast the days that I was there. Um, it was it was just so incredible, so inspiring to see so much talent in so many different areas, whether it be the entertainment, the food. Um, just on display, um, and uh, to be able to experience that was fantastic. Um, I remember in particular, and I want to make sure that uh, I give him his credit on on here. Uh, there was a, a a kid who was selling cookies. Mm. That oh my god, don't lose this kid at these food parks. He is his his food is unbelievable, mm -hmm. and he's an incredible salesman. For uh, he couldn't have been older than ten years old. Uh, there mm -hmm. with his mom. Um, 
So I, I was just, I was blown away by, by the experience. I really was. Yeah. And I don't want to mention the name. I know the vendor you're talking about, yeah. but you know, the backstory is that the mom used to be homeless and um, started this as a way to break out of the cycle of homelessness and um, is teaching her son the skills of entrepreneurship at an early age. And again, having the venue to be able to make that happen has been very powerful. And so Donald has specifically uh, taken that uh, entrepreneur under his wings and is working with her to bring her product line to the market. We've had it since opening day available and it has been selling well, has been selling well. And so that's an example of taking a community member who just a couple of years ago was living out of her car and now is able to show up at these markets and is teaching her son these skills so the next generation does not have to go through homelessness. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's so powerful and so inspiring. And seeing people, yeah, Bill, it's seeing people for who they can be, not who they are today, to where there's a lot of, like you mentioned, there's a lot of talent and a lot of value in our community that just needs a beacon of hope and a a path to, to show it. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that, mm -hmm. that young man certainly has a lifelong customer in me. Those cookies were life changing. <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta tell you guys, um, <laughs> the, the market, uh, the market was that the, the second project to fill the shopping center on South Boulevard that also houses the Cornerstone community laundromat and Cornerstone. You guys are again, collaborating with our, I believe it's our ALC class on a project to transform that final vacant storefront into a community kitchen. Uh, that project is just getting going, um, but what can you tell us about the kitchen and um, what makes that project desirable to Cornerstone and to the community and how, how will that benefit the community? I'm gonna let just, give you the oh, go ahead. Yeah, it just continues the, well, the mission of South Point Market to where mm -hmm. If this is a three-legged stool, this is kind of the missing leg of the stool, but it's bringing the market together with the commissary kitchen, again, to provide job creation and job access at a local level, the distribution of healthy food options, and tackling these, um, well, these health disparities that a lot of food related in our community to where the commissary kitchen will be an extension of the market and will be able to provide the jobs, but also to provide food at a price point to where local, in the near future, local food entrepreneurs will be able to use that space at a mitigated cost. They don't have to build their own kitchen. They don't have to uh, get their own kitchen permitted. They don't have to, right. It's more of a shared space where we're sharing costs amongst food entrepreneurs, food truck people, caterers, culinary artists, and, and also providing a ready eat or processed food, processed in South Dallas, made in South Dallas food approach to where we're almost creating our own food manufacturing industry at a small local level that provides jobs within the community, provides food within the community, and keeps the South Dallas dollar floating within South Dallas. Yeah, and one of the things that we recognized when we did the food park was uh, a lot of vendors would not have been able to 
sell their product if they did not have a commissary kitchen where that food was prepared. Thankfully, <clears throat> we have a kitchen available where we feed our homeless population. And so we were able to get permission and share that kitchen with uh, a lot of those food vendors. But since that time, and as this has now come to the forefront, we're finding that there are many more individuals in that particular environment that they have a product, but they do not have the commissary kitchen to do that. And outside of the community, a lot of those kitchens are not cost effective. Even getting to those locations is not really available. Uh, it's not an easy journey for some of these uh, food vendors. And so something having something in the neighborhood, a commissary kitchen in the neighborhood, so as Donald mentioned, they can have product to sell in South Point. They can do catering in a commissary kitchen. They can do other um, uh, other other uh, farmer market venues uh, where they have access to now commissary kitchens to create those jobs that he has mentioned and opportunities that otherwise would not be there. Pastor Chris, Donald, it's always a pleasure. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for uh, for chatting with me today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much, Bill. And again, uh, we cannot ex uh, express our appreciation to the Trek team for making a lot of these things that we have envisioned for over 30 years, a reality of ways in which we can change the trajectory of our communities and the outlook and hope. I mean, we find out people are oftentimes in despair because there is no hope. And um, by working with the Real Estate Council, it is providing hope to this neighborhood, um, having job opportunities through the workforce development that they're doing with the, um, through the, the uh, Catalyst Project and the Equitable Development Plan um, through Dallas College and some other partners to working with small business owners, individuals who for years have said, I have a gift, a skill, a talent, but I don't have the resources to make that happen and bringing those resources to bear uh, in the community to providing affordable housing uh, to the neighborhood and helping us to figure out how we can get people living in decent housing in the community. Um, a lot of times in this neighborhood, decent housing is not affordable and affordable housing, I'm sorry, a, a decent housing is not affordable and undecent how whatever I'm trying to say, you can edit all that out. <laughs> but um, to bring a product to the community that is a benefit to uh, the neighborhood so individuals can live, they can work in the community, they can recreate in the community has been something we have envisioned for over 30 years. And now to see that on the horizon has been very encouraging. And it's just... Um... It's just a continuation of Cornerstone Ministries and its outreach and its love for people and love for community to do projects like this one to more promote and build healthy communities in Southern Dallas. That's it for today. I'd like to once again thank Pastor Chris Simmons and Donald Lesson from Cornerstone Baptist Church for chatting with me about the South Point Community Market and MLK Food Park. Remember to subscribe to the show to get all new episodes each week and follow Trek on social media for the latest from around the organization. You can find links to everything, podcast platforms, social media handles, everything in the show notes. Until next time, I'm Bill San Antonio. Thanks for listening.